but we'll do we'll do an intro to begin with in case so hot. Are you hot or is it just me? Yeah. We're broadcasting from a cupboard. I'm getting naked, sorry. Good lord. She's got the dead pony pajamas <laughs> <laughs> Under, underneath her dress. <laughs> what's what's amazing is the dead pony pajamas are underneath their tights. Please note, this show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing more from us, please visit patreon.com forward slash brewdognews for a really cool way to help us. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 12 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This has been recorded on the 23rd of October 2018, where your fortnightly source for all the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. This show is hosted by myself, Robert Cooper. And with me, the beautifully bronzed Bruce Cameron. Awesome. Uh, we've got the perfectly poised Andrew Watson here. Hello, everyone. And the wonderfully welcoming Emma DeSena. Hello, everyone. My name is Emma DeSena, and I hope you are all doing well today. Wow. <clears throat> Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about 30 announcements from BrewDog. Yes, that's right. 3-0, 30 announcements from BrewDog. Emma is at Canary Wharf Preview Night. Watty is back and he's asking about Collabfest. Neil Fletcher's on the line. And we've also got an interview with someone you might recognise, James Watt. Standard disclaimer time. We're all shareholders in Brewdog PLC, but we do not work for or speak on behalf of Brewdog. So without further ado, let's play some theme music. You can either sit on the sidelines and be passive, or you can take an active stand. It's amazing to be a part of something that's not just changing the face of beer, but business too. What I love most about your company is the passionate, talented, massively hard-working bunch of people that we have. James Watt, Martin Dickey, this is diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. Hi, hi, Brewdog News Podcast. It's Blackie BFL Melbourne again. And a huge shout out to our new Patreon supporters this week, but especially our top tier supporter, Innis. I forgot to say hello to you last week, Innis. Hello, Innis. And thank you to Emily for recording our intro there. Bruce, thank Andrew, you. how are you? I am very good, thanks. Back back from a double trip away, been working in Krakow. I mean, actually, who knew Poland had such a large selection of vodka? Amazing. And then a wee short break to Crete. Um, I listened to myself in the podcast, so that was nice. Yeah. I um, did manage to sample a couple of Greek beers. There was the Alpha, there was the Mythos, and there was a, a new Japanese one that they've got in there called... Oh. Wait, I'll try and pronounce this. It's called Hainikan. Oh, Hainikan. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So, but to be fair, there was one brilliant IP from a Greek brewery called Septem. It was called Eighth Day. It was like a seven-point-something... IPA and it was absolutely gorgeous and a, a fantastic break from the the other Japanese beer that I had. So yeah. Anyway, I'm back, ready for another show, and I don't feel threatened with Andrew's breaking news attempt. So yeah, let's bring it on. <laughs> Andrew, how are you, sir? I'm I'm fine, thank you. A lot better than Emma, I would say. At this based on uh, that noise. Uh, Emma, how are you? Emma, how are you? I'm well, thanks. See, Emma's fine. <laughs> There's something different. What's, what's, what's different with Emma today? I think Emma, you're right? Yes, I'm sure. Oh no, she's answered the wrong question. 
<laughs> now, Emma's out today. She's um, off sick. She's got a oh. uh, very sore throat, so much so that she's actually lost her voice. So we've got a computer to substitute for her. Um, but it's going well. Plenty <laughs> of her on the podcast. Uh, we spoke to her earlier. She did She did claim that it definitely wasn't uh, beer-related, but, of course, it was Collab Fest at the weekend. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see on that you one. You actually might as well do that with me, to be honest. Uh, Right, anyway, let's crack straight on. Mm -hmm. We are going to be talking about the blueprint. That's the main focus of this episode. Uh, On the 9th of October, BrewDog launched the blueprint. It's a document with over 30 plans and initiatives that, amongst other things, they will be focusing on in the next 12 months. Uh, We were surprised by the content. There's some very interesting ideas in there, but not everyone had an entirely positive uh, reaction to the blueprint. No, No, uh, Nev, he's quite outspoken on the forum um he described it as a document of 30 gimmicks wrapped up in a gimmick i hope you beat them out i already did we managed to get an interview <laughs> we managed to get an interview with uh, james watt himself with uh, which andrew and emma kindly recorded uh, for us um a couple of weeks ago and it was last week wasn't it week before two weeks ago Two weeks ago. Uh, So in this episode, as well as the usual news and features, we're going to run through all 30 of the initiatives that Nev didn't like, and we're going to ask the question, gimmick or no gimmick? Mm. But the best way to introduce the blueprint is to get straight into our interview with James Watt himself. Brewdog News Podcast is live at the Blueprint launch at Big Smoke in London. Welcome, James. It's great to have you here. This is live. Whoa, it's, it's even as, better. As live, we'll pretend. How are you, Greg Nelson? This podcast is a silly idea. No one's going to listen to it. There's going to be no news to speak about. <laughs> by, by the way, I'm a massive fan. Love what you guys do. Thanks for doing it. And very excited to be on the on the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. So we'll cut straight to the chase. Blueprint okay. launch today. Yes. What sort of place did that come from? Why did the business need it? And then why today? So I think... We've had an up and down year. We've done some amazing things. We've also done some things that in hindsight maybe weren't the best things that we've done this year. And just kind of thinking about the type of business that we want to build, like we just move so quickly and do so many things. And just kind of six weeks ago, I kind of took a step back and and, and thought about what, what, what are the most important things for us as a company? Are we focusing enough on those most important things? We're adding so many people, so many locations, so many projects, but like what, what is the core of our of our business? And once, once I kind of stopped and took a step back, I felt we weren't focusing enough of our time and attention and our resources on the things that we love most and the things which are most valuable to ourselves, our team and our community. So the blueprint is a kind of evolution of our strategy. It's a blueprint for the next 12 months and beyond, but I think it kind of sets the, the tone for the next era of our development. It kind of lays out the foundations for the type of company, for the type of employer, for the type of player we want to be within the, the industry and, and, and where we want to go as a company. And for us, I think we kind of lost a little bit of, of sight of the, the key things. And I think this redresses the balance and just gets us completely back to basics, which is let's do amazing things that we love and our community loves and anything else that happens beyond that will take care of itself. And the timing's really interesting as well, coming into one of the busiest parts of the year for you, build up to Christmas. What was it about today in particular? Um, well, it's something that I developed with the team and also with the Equity Punk communities. There's so many of the ideas in the blueprint and the kind of 
origin of the kind of whole concept came from a thread that I posted in the forum, which was help us build an amazing 2019. And some of the things that I was thinking, okay, we're a little bit off on, the feedback from our community was we're a long way off on. So it was kind of a real kind of sense check and, and time for us to kind of up our game in a few key things. And as with anything, once we decided we were going to do something, we just wanted to do it as soon as possible. So it wasn't like, when is the best time to do that? It's like, we want to do it, let's let's do it. So uh, we built the document with our team, we put together some fantastic initiatives, and we were just excited to share that with our community and also with our staff. And we've got, now got a, a team of over one and a half thousand people who work in our, our business, which wow. I still can't quite get my, my head around, but our team are insanely passionate. They, they help us make the beer, they interact with customers on a day-to-day basis and we want to make sure that they're committed and bought in and completely aligned with our strategy as a, as a company which i think the blueprint creates a strategy that it's, it's it's far easier to get passionate about than maybe where we were six weeks ago or something so there we go that is james introducing his own blueprint andrew uh, hmm. thank you again i'm gonna thank you loads of times for, for doing that interview thanks andrew yeah what was, what was it actually like speaking with james because i know you've not interviewed him before um, so it's the first time I interviewed him. I've, I've met him a few times, and he's he's just the same when you speak to him, whether it's on on the record, whether he's presenting, or or whether you're just having a chat with him. He's I, I find him very genuine. I think he believes what he says, which I think is disarming for a lot of people because <laughs> he's very idealistic in the way that in a lot of ways the way brew dogs set up as well as the way he tries to deliver but that that really comes across when you speak with him um it was the end of a long day he'd spent most of that day talking to the press um because they got some very good press coverage for the blueprint yeah. he'd just done a what was meant to be a, a quick update to efps and a few questions that went on almost an hour and a half um so yeah we're really pleased that he took the time to to speak to us and it really came across to to have gone through such a long day of saying the same thing over and over again. Just the enthusiasm that came through to Emma and me was was really reassuring as well. This wasn't a script. This was something that they really did want to put across because he thinks it's the right thing for the business. Yeah. Um, well, let's just grab uh, get straight into it. Um, mm-hmm. First section really is all about beer, as it should be. Um, core range of beers. Much was said about the changes to the core beer range in 2019, but James was quick to point out that this is a preliminary list and not to be taken as gospel. Uh, the significant changes that we see are Clockwork Tangerines becoming a headliner, along with Hazy Jane. Uh, but That's this cool. means that Jet Black Heart and 5AM will have to have a bit of a demotion, but they will still be around. Um, lots of intriguing new names on the list, I noticed. White Noise, Hop Rocket, Hop rocker, Half yeah. Eagle. Hop and Rocker. Some Hop Rocker. Hop Rocker, not Rocket. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, and with some modifications, um, such as Help Fiction's now being brewed to a more sessionable strength, I think we've already talked about. Um, anything that you've either you two have spotted on the list or anything in the forum that people yeah, were talking about particularly? One thing I noticed was, um, and was mentioned in a group, our group kind of chat, was the, the lack of jackhammer on there. And I think, did you find out about that, Rob? Did you find out it was it, it is going to be there, but... Not one of the yeah. Headlines. It's 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 just they haven't got room to keep it um, as part of you know. It's definitely not going to be around all the time, which makes it it's going to be more special when it is out mm-hmm. now, and it, as yeah, it should be because it's a great beer. But it isn't around all the time just now. Yeah, it's a, it's you know it's amplified. It's around when they make a batch, and if it sells through, you you can't find it. And if you can find it all the time, i.e., like in the Morrisons I go to, it's probably been sitting there for quite a while then. 
Because it's always maybe. on the shelf in Morrison's. Well, saying yeah. that, it's a, it's a higher ABV beer, so it would, it would, you know, it's not going to be like one of the best drank within a couple of weeks. No, that's true. So for me, Hop Rocker is an interesting one because that was the original Brewdog Lager. Um, so that was available oh. in the 10th anniversary packs last year. I don't know if it's a recycled name or if it's something a bit special uh, on that front. Um, for me, though, I think 5am Saint is a bit disappointing. It was my gateway beer to Brewdog back six, seven years ago. Yeah. Plus, you know, I... I, I I still go for it, but it's very difficult to find. It's not available in cans. It's I, I've never seen it in a multi-pack in a supermarket. No. It's, my only concern is it's not had a fair chance, and it's the sort of beer you want to convert cask bitter drinkers, particularly around these parts down south. So remains to be seen what happens with that. But overall, it's nice to see a reaction to ultimately to market forces. If the market's saying we want Clockwork Tangerine, we want Elvis Juice, we're not so keen on Jet Black Heart, then it's good to see resource and particularly brewing resource being allocated in the right way. Yeah, cool. changing up. I mean, Elvis, I see Elvis just flying off the shelves down here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. same. Um, just for your reference, Bruce, using my website, Dog Pub Time Machine, I can mm-hmm. tell you that right now, Jack Hammer is on at 13. Ooh, 13. 13 brew dog bars, if you were... Wanting to go to Reykjavik and get a pint, for example. <laughs> well, then you could get your Mars Bar Wellington. And that's, yeah. We've already been over how good that is. I think the point on Jack Hammer is, I feel like it, it's kind of like Hardcore was this time last year. I just wonder if it's a wee yeah. bit of its time. And has beer progressed that bit further? It's, it's, it's not a fad beer, but is it the most modern, the most groundbreaking thing Brewdog could do? And is there actually a time to... Let it go out in a high. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, for me now, looking at the, the list there, I would, I'd probably pick Hazy Jane over Jack Hammer if I saw it. Yeah, well, you've probably answered your own question. Yeah, there, yeah. Bruce. yeah. Oh well. Um, Hot Pub is the next one. Uh, James is adamant that 99% of the issues with beer not being perfect in bars and supermarkets is due to the incorrect distribution and storage. That's why Hot Pub has been built. It's just outside of Glasgow. Um, and it's it should mean that your local pub's punk will taste as good on day 20 as it did on the very first day of being kegged. Uh, James also mentioned in this Q&A that a small tap room will be opening, I think, <laughs> February. Um, actually, so uh, one for all you stamp, uh, Brewdog stamp if collectors that, out there. If that's where I think it is, if it's at Eurocentral, it's probably in the middle of nowhere. Yep. That's fine. You can drive out there and I'll have a pint and get my stamp. <laughs> but, uh, okay, I, then. This this came up in the Q&A in, in London. And um, I think when you've got beers like Blitz and Nanny State, the, the tap room, the chat from the, the staff I talked to is the tap room is as much for the workers to, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. to, to take stuff home as it is for people to go and collect. And for those worried about stamps, the chat is that it won't be part of badges like Flying Scotsman, but it would count towards your This right. Is 40. So there we go. I think the only thing out there is the there's a there's a big hotel and um I think that's a bit, really. There's a big sort of distribution centre. It's why it's there, I guess. What I'd be interested to see if we can take this a step further is the, that's it wasn't Eurocentral built as a massive rail hub. I'd be fascinated to see if Brewdog goes a step further on the, the green it. credentials and starts transporting Beer down south by rail. That'd be nice. That'd be awesome. You can easily do that because it was in the refrigerated containers. No problem. So. Yeah. Interesting. Let's, let's wait Ooh, and see. Train chat. 
Yeah, love a train chat. Right, cask. <laughs> Speak, speaking of uh, old-fashioned things that people get excited about, cask is back. Uh, Dead Pony Club will be on cask in all Draft House pubs and a handful of other selected partners later this month. Are you excited, gentlemen? Still not tried it. <laughs> I am excited about this use of Draft House. There are a couple of announcements on Draft House. I'm sure we'll come Ooh. to them. But... Finding its own niche, giving it something special, I think that's a, a really good thing to do. I think it's a positive move. And I think there's one coming to Glasgow as well, is there? Um, there's one yes, coming yes, just off Byers Road. Yeah. But with the, um, what is it, the Hopworks situation at the Barriers, I think we can all just wait and see what happens because yeah, Glasgow yeah. licensing are, you know. <laughs> if it, if it's, I think it's right across from the Hillhead Book Club. I think it is, be, yeah. Yeah, so that's, it's quite a cool area. So that would be quite nice to have that... There and then you could just wander down to Brewdog itself at Kelvin Grove. I wonder. I wonder what Emma uh, thinks about cask beer. Mm, Emma, I am excited about trying cocoa pacho in cask. Cocoa pacho. <laughs> it's cocoa psycho. Oh, that, Emma, is that oh, not just dear. reading out your typo? Shh. <laughs> Emma's here. She's here. Live beer. For those not familiar with live beer, this is Brewdog's <laughs> own paint. <laughs> Get it together. For those not familiar with live beer, this is Brewdog's own painted system for delivering cask-type ale via a modern gas-pumped cellar system. So the beer is not carbonated with CO2 like, say, punk. Instead, the gas is only used to gently push the beer out of the keg and into the glass. This creates a beer that is very close to cask beer. Each uh, month, the members of the iHeartCoreU Facebook group will be able to vote on what goes on to the live lines next. Mm. Um, I, I've tried, uh, the only thing I've tried on the live is, uh, 5am. So that'll be interesting. I mean, just interesting to see what they come up with, especially if they go, you know, delving into the back catalogue and find some things that are a bit more appropriate with that ale style. So East Coast Crush live. Wow. That was a beer. Yeah. It was sort of a slightly lighter hazy Jane and served that way. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It so it's just kind of smoother, smoother Smoother. Yeah, yeah. It really brought out the fruitiness and the hops. It was yeah, really, really good. Can I just say I had a, a Bellhaven best, <laughs> and it was quite nice. It was smooth. And that is the last time Bruce was on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> See you later, guys. Anyway, hold on, Bruce, Bruce, yes. Bruce, Bruce. Here we go. Breaking news. See, much yes. better than when Andrew did it. Yes, we have actual yeah, breaking but I, news. I showed up to do it, so you I mean yeah, fair point. <laughs> uh, Asda have um, messed up, and they have accidentally put for sale the twelve beers of Christmas packs that was supposed to not be released yet. So uh, the kind people at Brewdog have gone. Well, all we can do now is start selling it ourselves. So for eighteen of your pounds, your British pounds, uh, you can purchase twelve three hundred thirty mil cans of Christmas beers. These are Punk IPA, Dead Pony Club, Indie, Elvis Juice, Jet Black Heart, Hop Fiction, Twenty Eighteen, Clockwork Tangerine, Five AM, Electric Indie, Raspberry Blitz, Mistletoe Mafia, and Get Out Claws. Mistletoe Mafia and Get Out Claws are probably the ones people haven't heard of. They are this year's Christmas beers. There will be no Hoppy Christmas. There will be no Santa Paws. I'm sad about that. But apparently, 
Get Out Claws and Mistletoe Mafia are very good and not too spicy because one of them's spicy. I'm going to stop talking now. One of you talk instead. Go. I love. I, I had a spicy beer. Um, it was like a, a stout with a hint of chili right at the back, and what a beautiful drink that was. It wasn't. It was from from Fallen, 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 Fallen. You Fallen. wouldn't have it Fallen. in the morning though for breakfast, would you, Bruce? Yeah. Well, you would have a Jack Black. I would have it. No, no, but no. I was actually very nice. That, that, that selection seems to be okay. It seems to be right. I'm, I'm, I'm just not a fan of the India the, the lager styles. So I, they'd be quite handy if it was Christmas time to hand out to guests. Yeah, and, and not visitors. You know, there's a, there's a difference there. Yeah. yeah. Sound not why you have innocent gun. Exactly. They come to the. Who do they come to? What's the difference between visitors and guests? Doesn't matter. I'll come back to that. Uh, right next up 30 day IPA uh, as a way to prove as a way to prove to retailers and customers that the cold supply chain is vital um, Brewdove announced that a 6.9 west coast IPA with a shelf life of 6. just 30 1. days is going to be made sorry 6.1 6.9 isn't it I'm just I, I can see a, a 1 number after the point are you looking at the same thing as me because it says 9 oh <laughs> I'm looking at the PDF. You're looking at the PDF? Oh, well, I'm yeah. looking at Rob's script. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. There's your mistake. Yeah, it's 6.1. <clears throat> so, they have announced a 6.1% West Coast IPA with a shelf life of just 30 days. It's called 30 Day IPA, funnily enough, and it's designed to fundamentally change how people think about beer. I'm excited about this one, I'll be honest. Yes. Yes. I think there's potential there. It's a really easy way to communicate to people, like, look, this is how it's supposed to be, not how it is in a lot of places. I've started seeing um, my my local supermarket now stocking pumpkin fridges. Is that uh, Morrison's? Funnily enough. Yeah. (laughs) We should. (laughs) But yeah, no, they've started stocking punk amongst other beers, um, not Innocent Gun. Um, so they've got the four packs in their fridges, which was nice to see. Fiber for a four pack in a fridge. Brilliant. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Deal. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Draft House uh, pubs getting a little bit of love now. Um, as a response to removing some of the Megacorp beers that they used to have in after the takeover, they took them out. They're going to be launching some uh, Draft House exclusive collaborations to try and uh, win the favour of those over who perhaps uh, weren't too happy with losing their favourite macro beers from Draft House. Uh, these are um, collaborations with Ken Grossman from Sierra Nevada. They're going to be creating a Draft House Pale Ale. George Schneider from Schneider Brewing. They're going to be creating a wheat beer. And uh, is it Bill Kovaleski uh, from Kov- Victory? They'll be creating a Pilsner. And they will be exclusively available in Draft House. Nice. So that is quite a cool thing, I think. This is brilliant. This is exactly what I hope they do with the Draft House chain, having bought it. Something you don't need to have brewed or beer all the time. Do something unique to them, make them a destination. This gets a, a really big thumbs up for me. Yeah, I've, I've tried some of the Victory stuff before and it's been really, really nice. Yeah, same. So please with that. Cool. Um, following the heartbreaking setback of the Overworks bottle disaster that uh, we've we've talked about before, um, they've used this time uh, while everything gets sorted out to start working on some new branding. Uh, they got an artist and illustrators to Overworks itself, and apparently we're in for some really special artwork when the beers finally launch. And that feels like it's been forever. Yeah, I've not missed it. I know, because you're not that keen on sour beers. But 
shout out to Kat. She was she's the manager at Overworks, and she joined us um, on Saturday when we were in for Collabfest, and she was telling us that all the new beers are absolutely stunning. And she wasn't, you know, she wasn't blowing the the brew dog trumpet there. She was just saying they're absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'll and give I'm it just... a try. I'll, I'll come back and give it a go. You'll turn me. I'll, you can turn me. <laughs> uh, wild cards. Um, one of the stories coming up is about fanzines going to monthly. Um, mm. if, if anybody needs a moment to take take that news in, I'll let you have that think there. But while you're thinking about that, excuse me, I've just had a beer and now it's repeating on me. <laughs> what are you having? Uh, Brutalist. It was in fanzine. Um, a Brute India Pale Ale, and it's really, really nice. This is probably one of my favourite beers. You tried that in a long you? time. Uh, yeah, I had it on draft three weeks ago. Yeah, it was, oh. it was the fanzine before last, wasn't it? I had it on draft three weeks ago. Well, I've only just got it now. <laughs> that's 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 a good story. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, now that fanzine is going back to monthly, there'll be more capacity at the brewery to get the wild card beers back on the go again. Uh, in the Sorry, past, you're not, seen... gonna, you're not you're not going to finish your story about the wild cards. I'm doing it now. All right, you, you jumped to fanzine. You talked about fanzine. They went to wild cards and jumped to fanzine again. Bruce, he's the editor. Let's let him get on with it. Okay. How much am I paying you for this? Not enough. <laughs> <clears throat> now that fanzine is going monthly, there'll be more capacity at the brewery to get the wild card beers back oh, on the go. Okay. All right? Cool. Uh, in the past, we've seen Albino Squad Assassin, 9 to 5 Poet and Self-Assembly Pope. But they've hinted that in 2019, they'll be bringing us a Brute IPA, funnily enough. Uh, a rum barrel aged porter and a black East Coast IPA. <laughs> I'm just laughing. A night to five wizard. A night to five poet, you tube. Oh, yeah, it's night to. Oh, my God. Type this out 40 fast. And Neon Overlord, <sighs> funny enough. Neon Overlord. That was disgusting. Was it? Uh, people loved it, and they're all wrong. <laughs> why anybody why it was like sucking on a marine distress flare it was just horrible <laughs> how do you know he's done it just don't me. ask just me don't want to know um black east coast ipa that sounds like um sludge yeah it doesn't do yeah but okay uh all sops ipa that was that uh brand that they've the old one back. yeah we spoke yeah. about that a few episodes ago but if you miss that, it's a, it's a fun little pet project that James and Martin are doing where they've brought back a 250-year-old beer trademark uh, and they're working with beer historian Martin Cornell to brew beers f- that were originally around in the 18th century, which is kind of cool. Uh, I'll be really interested to see how they come out. Probably a bit funky. I can imagine. Yeah, maybe. Certainly. The chat is they're going to use some of the try and do some of the wild yeast sort of stuff that they used to use back then. And serve it in a clay pot. Yeah. Uh, fanzine. Is it alright if I talk about that now? Yeah, you can talk about that now. Thanks. Fanzine's going monthly. Uh, there's been some pushback against this, and James said in the Q his Q and A it's been a really tough decision. Uh, so I was dead chuffed when Emma asked James about this as part of the interview. So let's hear what James said about that decision to make that change. Loving the fanzine, by the way. Big fan of that. Can you talk a bit through more about the decision on moving that to monthly? Yeah, that was a tough decision. I think fanzine's one of the one of the better things we've done this year, but it's something that from an execution perspective just didn't quite resonate in the way that we, we hoped it would. I mean, we'd like to get 4,500 subscribers, but... 
the bar element and the kegs was a key part of that and they just come on and off so quickly there's almost not a chance for people to get excited about it and all the feedback was we're doing less small batch beers than we used to when we're actually doing doing more but they're just not getting the time to, to breathe for people to, to get into them for people to speak about them and we've kind of surveyed the fanzine customer base a lot and discussed with their equity punk forums and this was quite a close one but by making fanzine monthly i think we can make the fanzine beers which i think have been really really good overall i think we can make them even better but then it also opens up some of the small tank capacity that we need to do the other things in the For instance, if we didn't make fanzine monthly, we wouldn't have the space in the tank to do what we're looking to do with live. We wouldn't have the space in our tanks to do what we're looking to do with cask. We wouldn't have the space in the tanks to do what we're looking to do with the kind of oak aging program. So it's partly twofold. I think it's probably stronger and balanced monthly, but it gives us the small tanks back, which we need to do all these amazing things, which our community love as well. Yeah, so there we go. I, I, I think with on, that Jeff. one, if you, I think with that one, if you chat to some Brewdog staff at, at various events, almost sort of behind the scenes, no naming no names, I think this is a relief. I think it's a relief for the bar staff that they don't have every fortnight to to have to basically take off half finished kegs and clean the lines and replace them. So going to monthly will help with them. I get the impression as well that in Ellen, they'll be quite pleased as well, just to have a bit of pressure off to actually... A lot of fanzine stuff's felt rushed. And as James said, to have capacity to be a bit more relaxed about things and to actually concentrate on the beer is only a good thing. I'm Part of me from some of the, the, the things that I've seen said and, and some of the questions James got at the Q&A event made me feel that it's good that fanzine's staying because it may have been a question of does it stay or does it go at one point? So I think monthly is a good compromise. What about, I'm just thinking of this, right? What about doing it monthly, about four beers, and selling them in packs like they do in the shops? You should put that into Dog Tank. You might get a badge and then get invited on the podcast. Don't, yeah. don't publish yeah. this before <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, the only thing I think on this one is I think uh, the, the I think it would have been better if I think James missed a trick here if he'd framed it that we're doing less fanzine and more of the other stuff the wild cards for example I think that would have, have been hit with a better reception I think just just suddenly dropping that fanzines going down to once a month made people go oh, so. yes they can go from they can go from six beers to four beers send them in the same packaging machine that they. They use for the punks and the Elvis juices, in the same boxes. No, they. Um, I my mate works. Well, you can't on the post, can. You can't actually post those boxes either because they'll just. My mate works burst. on the can the canning line, and it's uh, all, all all the fanzine is incredibly manual. Um, it's a lot of physically hard work. Yeah, they hand label it, don't they? Yeah, they still have to. Have, well, they're not. They've got a machine that does it, but they've still got to feed everything in manually and yeah. fill everything manually, and it's a, it's a hell of a lot of work. I mean, yeah, there's four and a half thousand people subscribed, so that's not an insignificant amount of money coming in. But yeah, on balance, it's it's not sustainable. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, oh. but uh, I'm glad I'm glad it's been here. But uh, right, well, let's, I mean, it's let's, taking sorry. Take, it's taking a hundred grand a month, so it's not to be sniffed at, but just. Yeah, yeah. They can make a hundred grand from other stuff, probably with less work, more money. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's crack on. Equity Punk Rebrews. <laughs> EFPs ourselves are getting exclusive rebrews. Uh, so we'll be voting on the forum, and the beers will only be available in the online shop and in actual brew dog bars. And this will be. This is also, you know, another factor of moving fanzine to monthly gives them the space to do these kind of rebrews as well. 
So, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, one thing I have picked up on the forum is the word exclusive is a little bit of a dangerous word to be using at the moment because they, they kind of exclusive means one thing to one and one to another. But I think in this clue, in this case, it would be really great to just see genuine exclusive for the EFPs and then everyone will be moaning when they sell out. Well, it won't be exclusive to purchase. It's just exclusive to vote, isn't it? And then it's just on taps in the bar. No, so. I think it's uh, exclusive to well, purchase. How could they do that? Because if you say that if it's exclusive just for our own bars, if they sit on the bar, you've got to then show your card. Oh, I want a pint of that. Here, here's my card. Somebody else goes, can I get a pint? Nope. Yeah, it's, it's bars not, not going to work. Bars won't let that happen. So. E- Equity punks will be invited to vote for a classic brewed or beer to be rebrewed every quarter via their exclusive shareholder forum, just for our, just for our own bars, just for our own online shop, just for our community. Could read that either way, really, couldn't you? Yeah, funny that. It's almost like they've intended that when they've. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the Equity punks go, oh yeah, an exclusive, and everyone else goes, oh, I'm the community. Yeah. Hinterlands. Brewdog think they've been letting the side down when it comes to barrel-aged beers recently, uh, so they've corrected that by building a new barrel-aging warehouse and have signed a deal with local Cooperage Speyside. Uh, they've got Paradox Uncle Dukes out, um, and they've promised four new Paradox beers in 2019, including an Imperial Stout and a Barley Wine. They've also called the Barrel Aging Programme Hinterlands, but this might change, as apparently someone might already be using that name. So watch this space on that Which one. Which they probably are. Yeah. Andrew, yeah, you, definitely got are. To, yeah. <laughs> you got to try the uh, Paradox, the Uncle Dukes, didn't you, if I'm thinking right? Was it mm, that one? Yeah, there, that was uh, this... Surprise samples. So there were a couple of kegs off the first um, bottling run were brought down, and and uh, Equity Punk, what was he called? What's Cam's title? Whatever he is, head of investor relations with a yeah. funky brewdog nautical name Cameron, was pouring out little measure. So everyone got to try it. It's it's paradox with a big whiskey hit. What's not to like? It's rich and chocolatey and then you get this wonderful hit of the bourbon james was saying because they own these barrels because it's uncle jukes which was was brew dogs uh whiskey that it's a grain whiskey that they released by the bottle yeah. because it's their own barrels they could leave a wee bit of the whiskey in it if they wanted to so um i think there's been a bit of fun had with that just nice. to see how they can make the balance work that bit better cool it's it's lovely Nice. Uh, uh, let, let, let's ask Emma. You you got a taste of it as well, Emma. What what did you think? It was really lovely. Really enjoyed it. Loved it. Well, there you go. She's happy. Well, that that's through. It's got better. She's gone up an octave. It's almost like she changes every time. Right. Slight change to the usual programming now. As I figured, instead of running the Blue Brewdog Believe ad, I thought we'd play in a bit of the audio from the Blueprint launch video. Uh, it's pretty funny and it contains a lot of swearing, but I beeped it all out. So um, before we get to that, Bruce, give us a teaser to get us to the break, please. Sure thing. Sure thing. Now, in August 2015, Brewdog launched a short-lived beer described as a psychedelic nuptials between Mr. Surfruit and Ms. IPA. Now, it was a 5.7% wickedly sour, savagely bitter, brilliantly purple IPA. But what was it called? We're now 11 years old as a company, or as we like to say, 77 dog years. We're definitely bigger than we used to be, but we're still inconsequentially tiny in the context of the global beer business. 
our biggest competitor is over two and a half thousand times our size. Since 2007, we've done some awesome stuff, built some brilliant things, and kickstarted the craft beer revolution in Europe. But we've also some things up, and sometimes people slag us off. Slag us off? Yeah, like on Twitter. Who? What kind of things do they say? I can tell you. I took a selection. There's quite a few there. This is, this is one. James and Martin are monumental bombles in absolute helmets. Maybe they would enjoy a nice bottle of It's a bit nasty. Overpriced, overhyped, pretentious hipster rubbish. Hard to argue with that point. Apparently, two Muppets and a dead dog are going to save us from bad beer. You need to take Bracken into that. It's a shame for the dog. One of my favourites, you massive, 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 massive I guess there's nothing like a bit of constructive criticism to make you sharpen up your game. Anyway, our mission is to make other people as passionate about fantastic beer as we are. And we want to build a company that we, our team, and our community are all super proud to be part of. To that end, we're releasing a blueprint for the next 12 months, outlining loads of phenomenal new initiatives when it comes to our beer, our people, and our mission. It's going to be a manifesto for the next decade of DOG. Watch this space. People are really quite mean on Twitter. Still a lot of angry people out there. No ghost joke this week. Um, You're okay. So, Bruce, go for it. Yes, before the break, we asked what was the name of the 5.7 Wickedly Sour, Savagely Bitter, Brilliantly Purple IPA that was launched in August 2015. Do you remember what it was? Andrew? Nope, he's shaking his head. Have we got him? He's having a coughing fit. Excuse me. <laughs> Lizard Bride. <laughs> put us out of a misery. Lizard what? Bride. Lizard Bride. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, I had that. Yeah, I, I remember that now. I can't remember that. I think well, I do, that. actually, because I just asked, asked the question. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I remember that. I think I had that in Shepherd's Bush. It was really weird. What did I give it on Untapped? No idea. Mm. I'm not on your Untapped. Well, yeah. I am now. Yeah. In fact, anybody, friend Andrew on Untapped. He loves it when people do that. My my check-in was, it's purple. Very purple. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I gave it 3.75 out of 5. Beer, beer writer of the year there, folks. Uh, community blueprint. Now let's yep. move on. There's a few things here. Bruce, you seem to be getting um, attacks from all angles by children. Yeah, it's so fine. No, they're, they're actually out, quite, they're, cool. they're joining in. It's quite cool. Okay. Uh, the Brewdog Open Date. This one I really like, uh, and I would love to be part of it, uh, but I'm not working for a brewery, so I don't think I'll get to go. But on the 19th of November, Brewdog are inviting anyone to come along and listen to the talks by Brewdog staff, tour the brewery and the labs, and they're paying for supper and accommodation. Sorry, I should say this is anyone in the industry. Uh, so I think that's a pretty amazing thing. Uh, you imagine getting to sit with Fraser Gormley talking about beer quality. Jason Pond, he's going to be talking about brewing. Rich Culcullen on alternative fermentation. And there's a Q&A with James and Martin as well. And the list goes on. That's not everything. So, yeah, this is this is outstanding, I think. Inviting, um, you know, anybody from the brewing world to come along and, and paying for the accommodation and food. I mean, what a day out that's going to be. Any thoughts on it? I think we need to get jobs and breweries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. If, uh, I couldn't Cam, last that long in there. <laughs> Cam, if you're uh, listening, if there's any chance of a spare ticket, buddy, I'll, uh, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. <clears throat> 
Brewdog Development Fund 2.0, that's our next story. Uh, James was really excited talking about this one um, when I watched back the Q&A, and he's aware of um, how it does butt right up against Brewdog's own stance on independence. Uh, But basically, the Development Fund is an interest-free loan of up to £200,000 to small craft breweries, and uh, they also give a ton of other support as well. Things like showcasing the beers in the Brewdog bars, accessing discount equipment purchases, helping them with the supply chain, things like that. So, um, yeah, th- this this one is something that it's it's a bit under the radar um, as far as like there's no massive announcement here. But like I say, James is really excited and it will be fascinating to see which breweries they choose to, to help out and, and how they perform as a result of that. Brilliant. No comments. Excellent. Uh, well, the first of the development fund partners is Dope and Dank. Uh, Brewdog will be helping them launch a brew pub in LA and we'll be getting their beers over here in the UK as well. So keep an eye out for that one, Dope and Dank. Um, if no one's got any thoughts on that, we'll crack on to talking about Metro Mayhem. I just think Dope and Dank works a lot better in an American accent. It sounds a bit funny when we try and say it. I wonder how it sounds when Emma tries and says it. Here we go. I'm definitely not typing. Here we go. Dope and dank. See, that's a bit more credible. What about well done, she, Emma. What about if she said it with a German accent? Well, that'll sound perfect. Dope and dank. Could you see moist? No. no. Uh, <laughs> Metro Mayhem. Yes. Uh, we spoke about Metro Mayhem, mainly because me and Bruce are going. Uh, but a, a nice wee twist is that is if you work in the UK beer industry, mm-hmm. so bar staff, anything to do with the beer industry, you can get free tickets and two free beers for Metro Mayhem. Oh, nice. Yeah. N- none of us work in the beer industry, though, so. Well, oh, we, we kind of do. <laughs> Pro kinda. bono sort of evenings and weekends. Yeah. Or two days, as it's been for me, getting all this slot ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Patreon.com forward slash Brewdog News. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, new collaborations. Uh, they've announced seven new collaborations with some of the best craft beers in the craft brewers in the UK. Daya, is it Daya or Daya? Daya. Daya Brewing Company, Northern Monk, Wild Beer Co., Verdant, Magic Rock, Fierce Beer, Buxton. So that's all very exciting and good stuff to look forward to. Um, Beer Geek Bucket List uh, Martin has started filming a show called Beer Geek Bucket List where he visits craft breweries around the UK uh, I'm looking forward to this one as they've already done the filming up here with Fierce, um, I believe they've already done it as well with Cloudwater and Colonel um, The nice touch is this won't be only for subscribers to the TV network, they are actually making those episodes that they've done with the breweries free to that brewery's customers as well so quite a nice touch you mean everybody then? Yeah, pretty much. Ah, cool. It'll be it'll be easy to get a hold of it, I think, yeah. and it should be good fun as well because it's uh, it'll be different seeing Martin do a show without James there as well because it's always the two of them together. So. I wonder if he's quite like James me in that sense. What in you know, what sense? Well, he goes home and fiddles with lo- old-fashioned lawnmowers. That's what you do, Rob. Though, but you know, I don't. Oh. I'm, you're making me out to be such a nerd. I thought I thought you were going to say like, he plays with a train set or something like that. You know, Ooh. I would. But no, but you know, you know, in the sense where you know, James is the more kind of upfront Jeremy Clarkson type thing, where Martin's more of I don't know, would he? No, yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, uh, Equity Punk Airways. 
This one is bizarre. A charter flight from London to Columbus. Transfers and accommodation and brewery tours included. There is absolutely no way I could afford this, but I would very much love to. Um, so I kind of wonder if anyone signed up. I'm pretty sure our friend of the show, Tom, he would have signed up, no doubt. Is there any use of price, then? Uh, we worked out what it might cost. Not from what, I, again, talking to some of the guys at the Blueprint launch, it's it'll be in line with a lot of people's holiday sort of costs. It's not, we're not talking thousands and thousands. Eight, nine hundred... Um, Low, right. low end, yes, but around. I'd, I'd hope it would be, and I think the expectations it'll be somewhere in the thousand to twelve hundred pound region okay. for everything together. Which, given, I mean, I was in Columbus six weeks ago, and okay, it's quite short notice. I had to take two transfers. I was passing through between work commitments, and it took some getting to. Yeah, and you can't get there directly from the UK. It's everything spread out to get to Brewdog is. Each time, if you stayed in the city centre, it's $25, $30 in, a, in an Uber. An Uber yeah. So if there's transport laid on, if they look after you, I think it's a pretty decent deal, especially if it's non-stop. Uh, probably from one of the London airports to uh, to Columbus. Cool. Emma, have you got any thoughts on this at all? It'll be expensive. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's what she thinks. So. Shooting from the hip. Yep, fair enough. Um, franchises next at the Q and A. Uh, James spoke about the highs and lows of the finance program that they've been running abroad. Um, they've learnt a lot, and they now feel ready to roll this out in the UK. They're holding an event at the brewery on the fifteenth of November, so it'll be interesting to see who turns out for that. But my question is, how will they maintain the brew dog standards? Just as they do overseas, build it into the contract, and then. Uh... I think it's easier to maintain the standards in a franchise than it will be in the, the in-house bars because if there's a chance you'll lose your Brewdog branding if, if the contract's written properly, then you'll maintain the standard a lot easier than being in-house. It's quite interesting um, looking at the, the potential locations, which were, um, I say, they're not limited to these, but Ayr, North Berwick, Oban, Kirkwall, St Ives, Swansea, Northampton, Huddersfield, Newquay and Stoke-on-Trent. My hometown. They said they said on the night that the blueprint launched that they've been inundated already. Oh, with, uh, any, people any, being any, interested? Any particular places? Uh, mm. Nobody would say, but um, any, any places near me? Clarkson? No. Um, they didn't say locations. It's what was quite interesting is it's not just like we've seen a bit on the forum EFP saying, "Oh, can I take a punt at this?" It's actual authentic franchise owners already who do other other things right. so you know your coffee shops or your fast food restaurants if there's a couple of them that are also efps then why not let them use their expertise and their knowledge and grow the brand yeah Absolutely. james did say at the q a that the um, they've learned a lot especially about vetting um potential franchisees um better as well so cool. yeah because they've lost a few they lost warsaw they lost hong kong um, the locations and ownership wasn't quite right, yeah. whereas others have worked really well, so fair enough. Bruce, what was the first place on that list that you said again? Yeah, Ayr. So, now, now I've, I've been to Ayr. Is it not, My grandma lives in Ayr. Is it not Air? Rob, it's Ayr. Air. 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 In fact, I <laughs> was What does Emma say? What does Emma say? Emma says... Air. 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 There you go. Air. Yeah. She seems to have a, a French accent all of a sudden. Air. 
air. You got a French accent now, Emma, is that right? Oui. There you go. <laughs> she's, uh, she's on form tonight. <laughs> um, Newbrewdog.com. Uh, apparently, the brand new website will be launched the weekend of Metro Mayhem. Uh, I think that's a little ambitious from a web developer's point of view, but good luck if they get it out. Brilliant. That's going to change things for him. Yep, and uh, EFP Mission Control. This is the last one to talk about in this community section. Uh, they're really promoting um, something that they call Equity Punk Mission Control. It's where every six months they'll be asking EFPs to get involved in the upcoming plans as well as make sure BrewDog don't screw things up, as is their want. So I think this is a great idea. It's just a formalising the uh, what they did when they uh, the, we had the issues before. Um, they're just going to make sure that it's happening every six months. So, Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so we've just talked about the community section of the blueprint, uh, but Emma uh, asked James a, a good question, actually, when it comes to talking about the community. So let's hear what Emma asked James. So what I've always loved, James, is how the business and yourself are really open to the feedback from the community, and you're very active on the forum, as well as your team. How do you actually decide when to um, follow your own instinct rather than listen to the feedback from the community? Um, I think in, in some instances, it's not that I don't listen to feedback. It's in some instances, I'm maybe because of my position, have information that's maybe not shared in the forum or kind of parts of the rationale or parts of the strategies, maybe not as quite public knowledge as, as, as other things. So I think, I mean, this, this company is, is, is now so much about our team and so much about our community. If we, if we don't listen, it's just like the most stupid thing we could ever do. Why would we not listen? And we've got this amazing resource of people who care passionately about what we do, who are aligned with what we believe in, who want to give up their time and give us feedback. Most companies would pay hundreds of thousands of pounds to get feedback from people that are put together by a marketing agency and don't care, they don't give a damn, they're just doing it to get 20 pounds of vouchers for Tesco or something. So the, fa the fact that we've got this community is something that none of our competitors have, that no other company in any other business has. So for us not to listen to that would just be the most silly thing we could ever, ever do. So we love feedback good bad indifferent from our equity punks and we love what we've done with the blueprint which is let's build a strategy together and let's see where we can take that as a business hmm so there we go um right we're keen to hear from you here on the brew dog news podcast so please feel free to call us on our 1224 518 501 and leave us a message i'm not mommy just the one, just the one message this week, and I'm glad he sent this because I only caught him just as we were leaving flagship when we headed in on Saturday, and it is of course our very own Watty. Hi, hi, Brewdog News Podcast. Watty here for El Meldrum for you in a day. I just thought I'd give you boys a wee phone to see who you're doing. I've had a hell of a day. The uh, Mrs. Watty coming good and behind me, I was up a field, she thought the doggie had the mad goo disease, but no, no, he just get in about my homebrew. Speaking about homebrew, I was awful disappointed with the, with the collaboration fest beers this year. I was nothing quite stunned out like the Alpha Big Moose the last year, can But I was thinking, well, I thought I'd just ask you boys what you thought this year the beers was like, can Cheer now, bye-bye. <coughs> So, what he wants to know what we thought of Collabfest. Bruce, I'm what did you think of Collabfest? I, I, I um, persevered all weekend with my mobile phone pinging with messages every three minutes during Collabfest whilst I was sitting in the house. 
messages from yourself, from Billy, from Chris, from everybody who was there going, I'm drinking this, 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 this. And I'm going, oh, I've got a cup of tea. So, you know, I wasn't there this year. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Andrew, how was Clubfest for you? <clears throat> I thought it was pretty good. I was sad that for the first time it has to stretch over two days in every bar. So last year, it ended up being the last year you could go to Shepherd's Bush with its 40 taps and try all the beers in one sitting if <laughs> you had that kind of iron liver. Um, I went to three bars over the weekend, went to Angel, um, took a wee early finish from work, it popped up there and there were another five people in that bar. So they weren't seeing too much for crowd at about half past four on Friday then went to Camden and in the 40 minutes it took to walk there Camden was queued out the door really? bumped into bumped into Emma her, she was uh, very much on her way to drinking her throat away and <laughs> uh, so I uh, had, had a quick chat with her and her, her other half and I've never seen Camden bar quite so busy it, if you know the bar it's uh, sort of the opposite end from its front door the queue was was epic so Clearly, it was popular on a Friday night. Then went to Shepherd's Bush for the Saturday afternoon, and it was quite quiet, actually. It was constant. There were always people buying flights, but it wasn't nearly as rammed as last year. So I think, from what they said, it was the most successful weekend in the bar's history, which is great. Mm-hmm. The beers were... I thought the beers were interesting, and certainly the the bars were, were geared up for it. Can we just give a shout-out to the bar staff? Because Collab Fest takes... A crazy amount of work. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, they, they were drained, drained by Saturday afternoon because the, the work, yeah. the work involved with it is unreal, and and they do yeah. a fantastic, and and not just the bar staff as well. Remember, this has all got to get um, distributed and get all these beers to all this bar. There's a huge team of people involved in making this happen. I'm convinced a couple of lads came out from the back at Shepherd's Bush. They'd just been sleeping somewhere because they looked absolutely spent. So <laughs> it felt, felt felt quite bad for them because. I mean, after the bars were closing, they then had to drain or take off the beers that had been on that day, clean the lines, hook up the next beers, change all the signage, change all the menus. That's a good few hours work after closing time on what is already a late finish at the weekend. So the bar staff have been phenomenal. Well done, bar staff. Um, Well, I asked on Facebook and in the forum if anybody else felt it was was different this year. Uh, and the resounding comment that it was great and busy and fun. I mean, that's what most people said. And how did you feel? Um, well, there was an awful lot of people who've never been to Clubfest before, so it's probably not quite a fair question what I asked. But for me and for my pals, so that's uh, Rick, Chris, Jamesy, Martin, we felt it wasn't as good as last year. Now, my theory on that is because there are now so many beers and so many bars, and obviously they have to now spread it over this four days, really. I think it... It, it removes any sense of excitement. I mean, one one example is um, p- the, the three top-rated beers, the three beers that were declared the, in inverted commas, winners of the weekend, never got to try them because the time frame that we were in, which was deliberately uh, on Saturday afternoon into the evening because I kind of hoped it would be like it was the previous years where it's sort of 6, 7 o'clock, there'd be a lot of changes. That, that wasn't on this year. So the only way to try all these beers that people were getting excited about was just to coincidentally be in the right bar on the right day. Um, and I also noticed that so many folk in Castlegate, when we were in there, they were just drinking headliners as normal. So to me, when we were in there, it felt busy, but it just felt like a normal Saturday afternoon mm. in, in Castlegate with some very different guest beers on. 
So it was frustrating seeing some people talking about all these amazing beers and how we couldn't have them, you know. But, but yeah. surely between the two Aberdeen bars, you could have got the vast majority on at the same time. Well, uh, no, um, because there were six lines taken up for headliners in Castlegate. There were five lines taken up in Flagship. Um, so we only got, um, it was about, I think it was only about 20 beers in total of the 50. They were all That's on over the course of the four days. 20 beers is still pretty good going. No, I it mean, is, it is, but it was, <laughs> frustrating. It was frustrating that the, the ones that everybody said were outstanding weren't available to us. Um, I, I get what you're saying, and that's that was like my opening comment. Where last year was amazing because you could try them all in at least one of the bars, and yes, they were changing them over really quickly. I think the event they can't say some bars aren't doing it, so it's just part and parcel as the business grows, as the the bar estate grows, mm-hmm. it's just not going to be possible. I, I get the the frustration. I think for me, it's good that they weren't changing over beers at six o'clock because it meant. There was a spreadsheet available. It was in untapped as well. If you were planning to go and drink all the beers, you weren't being disappointed because they all got taken on the, the previous evening. Yeah. Um, it, I, on a more positive note, here's my idea for the for the folks organising this. Restrict it to about 30 beers. Uh, do that based on um, towns. So there would only be one beer brewed for Aberdeen, um, maybe a couple for London, maybe one for Manchester, one for Glasgow. Um, and make the festival from Friday evening... Saturday day and Saturday evening only and be bold and take the headliners off because it's only two evenings one day it won't do any harm to the business overall uh, and it'll be logistically a lot easier for all the EFPs to get really excited to queue and to get these beers I think smaller is going to be better in this case and that's my two cents so I don't know that's think, my thoughts did you go on the Sunday Rob no just no, okay I just kind of wonder if the Sunday was Bit flatter, you know, because Sunday's no, sorry, Sunday's a bit flatter because it's more of a, a kind of laid back day. So I wonder if if you finish that on Saturday night would be the kind of best option. Mm. I don't know. I was so in Shepherd's Bush on Saturday. What I take what you're saying about headliners, but I was stood at the bar and a guy came in and ordered four pints of indie and a load of food. And my my flight, I took two flights then because I was in with a mate and we wanted to try them all, and. The next people after that ordered a mixture of Elvis, Juice and Punk with food. And their combined orders were significantly significantly greater than mine. So I just have to wonder, the, the bars will look at the numbers. They'll see what worked, what didn't work, what sales volumes were like. But my experience was that the mixture actually kept the bar busy and it kept the cash ringing through the till. Excellent. Um, I had to ask the guy who ordered for Indy what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, listen, you can probably hear the background music playing, um, so I think we are going to have to split this episode into two because we are already at the 50-minute mark or something close to that anyway. Um, Thank you both very, very much for uh, appearing on this one for me. Um, I don't think Emma will be on the next one because, well, we're going to have to record that straight away just now. But, you know... Thank you both very much. Um, let's just play some music. Let's give people a break, and then we'll be back in a couple of days. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no bad joke for this one. No, you did it earlier. Oh, I did. Yeah, oh, so I did right at the start. Japanese beer. That I mean that was that was abysmal. So you can have that one. <laughs> right, bye, bye, bye. <laughs>